Stay tuned for an exclusive SFN Radio interview coming up next. Hi, welcome to SFN Radio's High Frequency with your host, Christy Walsh. Welcome to High Frequency on SFN Radio and sfnradio.com. I'm your host, Christy Walsh, and my guest today is Jane Sibbett. You know her from Friends as the first wife of Ross Geller and as Jane in Santa Barbara and as a teenage DJ at K-Rat in Sacramento. You've seen her on 21 Jump Street and as Morgan on The Nanny and many other films and many other TV series. Jane Sibbett has co-produced three documentaries on Bratso, a Croatian healer with her company Wild Aloha Studios in the last couple of years and her latest paradigm shift is is out yeah <laughs> but we're talking to Jane today because she has been around the globe as far as the acting world, the radio world, and the spiritual world. And she's even done a couple of documentaries on the 13 grandmothers, the elders of Turtle Island. And so I'm so excited to have you in the studio with me today. Welcome, Jane. Well, thank you so much for having me back, Christy. It's so nice to talk to you. Old old friend from the other radio days, of course. But nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice yeah, very nice to catch up. And most recently, you just did a performance of the Vagina Monologues. We did. We had a, an amazing experience here. It was the first time the Vagina Monologues have come to this part of the islands. And oh, it was a, an incredible reception. This was for the One Billion Rising event. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, on February 14th, I think. Yeah, so on February 14th, yeah, One Billion Rising, where it was uh, women standing up and rising and dancing to say no more violence against women. And the Vagina Monologues started 15 years ago by Eve Ensler and just really took the world by storm. It's won all sorts of awards, but it's never come to this part of our islands. And so, I don't know, I was so moved. I got this email one day and I was just, I knew I needed to do something about it. I'm a survivor myself. And so I went to the Kahilu Theater, which had been dark at the time and said, I would really like to bring this here. And suddenly all of the funding came through for the theater and they suddenly were in the black and they gave me the green light and we had a few weeks to cast. And so within two weeks of the opening night, I cast my show and we had our first rehearsal. We had three rehearsals and it was a sold out performance, two curtain calls. It was it was just an amazing experience. Yeah, I'm loving directing now. I got to tell you, really yeah, so tell me about the transition from acting to directing and producing. How did that happen for you? I have no idea. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that in my world of entertainment, that being a hyphenate is probably the most fun of all. And I've always been one who has loved the, the variety of characters that I've had the chance to play. And just putting on a producer hat or a directing hat seems just the natural outgrowth of that. And producing the events for Bratzo these last three years and um, getting up in front of talking to people. And it's like, it just seemed the natural next step. And to go back to my roots in theater, it was a glorious experience. So I'm just having a blast. It's it's like the, no more limits are out there for so many people. And I've just been blessed to be supported by other people who want me to go out there and, and test my wings in different ways. I mean, it seems like this sort of spiritual world that we all get to experience now seems so much more open, and definitely the limits are just off. Yeah, it's it's exciting. It's exci- and I, I think more if there are any limits, it's, it's our, in our mind. And when we are really aligned with something that's really, really, truly for our greatest and highest 
best collective good rather than my own personal good, it really gets it gets traction. So I've been so excited to see all the things that have come to fruition when I hold that in my heart, truly hold it in my heart. So lots of great projects are coming forward, not just the the One Billion Rising and the Vagina Monologues. I don't, you know, with the um, the heels of, just as I was going into the tech for the Vagina Monologues, I got the phone call from One Billion Rising, the coordinators in New York, and they said, are you still doing your dance? Because we'd like you to host the closing ceremonies. I'm like, boom, not, um, not quite, but I can still pull it together if you want, but I won't be able to do it until we until closing night because I was so busy directing and being in the Vagina Monologue. And so, um, we were able to do it. With, once we found our location, we had 48 hours to put that event on, and it turned out okay. <laughs> so tell me about the time factor. Do you think we're just off time now? Oh, I, if you say so. There's got to be some reason, Christy, why it's going so fast. And I think, you know, again, it's just that it's the traction of really aligning with something that's supposed to be, you know, and I, I don't know. It, it's really amazing what you can do when you when you pull people together in a collaborative way anyway. And do you find that people are more excited to get involved now? Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. You know, I, I almost, as a child, I remember always doing better studying for a test if I, you know, it was the night before. I did yeah. better under pressure for some reason. I really needed that fire to be cooked up high, you mm-hmm. know, for the transformation to happen. And so here we are again. Uh, and I actually, I'm going to ask the universe to help me have a little more time of preparation because I think that they would be even better if I had just a little more time to prepare these things. But I don't know. I don't know about these timeline things. So if you had an instant project come to your door, what do you? What would you want to get involved with? That's such a good question. That's such a good question. It's so hard. But I mean, today I, it's so funny because I was just talking to Megan, my producing partner, about that a minute ago. Um, she said, "Well, what do you want to do next?" I'm like, "Well, I've got ten projects right now ready to go. I've been nurturing this Rumi project, this uh, film on Rumi, for quite some time. That I would love, love to get that going." But I've also just was brought a new um, show about teens, and I'm thrilled. And I'm actually going to be going to India in October to start. Well, not even to start. Start, start shooting the global part of it. I'm, I've already started shooting it here in Hawaii. Um, so there's just there's a whole bunch of projects out there that I would love to do. Really. Wow. Yeah. Things that empower people. Things that give information that come from the heart that helps help one another. Whether it's come to a place of love. Or, or or unity somehow. Those are the things that are most near and dear to my heart. So do you attribute that to just your own inner guidance, or were you influenced by other spiritual teachers growing up? Or mm, You know, I, I think all along, as even as a child, I always liked things that were, um, that were in the collaborative nature anyway. But in terms of like anything, anything that smacked of hierarchy, I revolted against. You know, I, 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 you know, I was very interested in spirituality as a child, and um, really upset when I had taken my friends, my Catholic friends, to my Southern Baptist church that I found on my own, um, and they were told they were going to burn in hell. For, and they were just, we were ten years old because they were Catholics. They were told they were going to burn in hell. Then I went, okay, this is not right. You can't. These are we are children. <laughs> you can't talk to a child mm-hmm. like that. And so I, I. God, I guess I got on this path of of not 
so much protection just as like there's got to be a better way. You know, there's a better way when we can really come together. It's like what's the what's the basic message here that we're supposed to be getting on this earth on this planet? And it seems to uh, the one that gets to me and resonates with me is the one about love. So yeah. So anything that really really resonates with love and not judgment, the judgment thing that gets in the way or the fear stuff and anything that you know tells me that I'm gonna you know die and and burn, um, that I I say okay that doesn't feel right to me. Tell me the love part, and I'll, I'll rise up to that. So, again, not a perfect being in any stroke of the imagination, but those are the those are the projects and the things that appeal to me. Just just almost like how I got into my friend's role. You know, I had just this great love for um, this character that was playing this you know this woman who was standing up and, and stepping into her truest place of love. You know, it yeah. became a, it became quite a quite a groundbreaking character so if I get to choose things I like to choose for love I don't always sometimes I have to choose aliens whose knees go backwards but (laughs) (laughs) we we all have a few skeletons in our closet in our entertainment closet don't we (laughs) everybody does (laughs) so what would you say was your most influential experience I guess in sort of expanding who you are if you look at the entertainment industry? Wow, expanding who I am. Well, I mean, uh, it's hard. I mean, the Friends role, for sure. It's hard not to say, but Friends is the is absolutely the, the pinnacle in terms of experience. I was even writing about this today on my Facebook site, just about the producers setting such a high watermark of, of how we can work together collaboratively. And they encouraged every cast member to come forward and bring their ideas and everyone would go running off into Jen's room or to Maddie's room or, you know, or, or Lisa's room to go and work and see how they can make the show better. Everybody was invested in it because it was about, you know, how can we make this the best? It can be all together. Everyone was honored. And beyond that, knowing that, you know, all these years I had always kind of poo-pooed um, entertainment uh, that was light, like comedy. That drama was like the deal, you know, when you're an actor. You want to be very dramatic and be treated seriously. But the thing that I learned about that in comedy, and I don't know, Chrissy, if I've ever told you this story about how I um, had miscarried a baby and I was so, so, so sad and I didn't want to get out of bed. And um, Marta Kaufman, one of the producers on Friends, called me up and said, you need to come to work tomorrow. And I said, I can't. I'm too sad. I, you know, I explained to her what happened. She said, I know what happened. No one else needs to know. I want you to come to work tomorrow. And um, I said, I just I can't. She said, you know what? You've got two lines. You can sit in your dressing room the whole time, but just come to work. We really, really need you. Like, oh, well, someone to put out the N-word. Of course, Dave jumps in. And so I, I got myself to work. And uh, she had called up another one of my dear friends, Hank Azaria, who is my one of my co-stars on Herman's Head. He yeah. and, and Matt Perry are best friends. And he was there. And I um, had just seen the birdcage um, that Carl had brought home because I was so sad. And it was like the one thing that made me laugh. And um, and I, I just hugged him and he hugged me. And we just sat and watched Matthew and and Matt rehearsed, and we laughed until I cried, and we laughed and cried and laughed and cried. And then I thought, okay, there is a real reason why we have this here. We have entertainment like this so we can feel better, so we can move ourselves up that proverbial stick of sadness and 
and get to a place where we can be together in laughter and, or in joy. So it really, that changed, so much of that show changed many things for me, not just playing a character that was motivated by love and inspired others to love and to others to compassionate understanding of others who love, maybe a different way than they do if they're choosing a same-sex partner, but also just in the the value of, that all of the entertainment has value in some way or another, especially when it's coming from a place of good spirit. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> Definitely, it has this value that sometimes I think we just forget. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I don't, I don't ever sit in front of a TV very often, very much because I'm so busy. But I honor those who must and do because there is there is a reason why we do it. It's good to come together in laughter. So um, tell me about, you know, living in Hawaii and uh, that interaction with nature and the elements. And um, I think you have horses out there. Is that true? Yes, we have horses and dogs and cats. And um, the pigs here are wild. I had I had pet pigs when I was in Topanga, but the pet, pigs here are wild. So they're not my they're not my buddies anymore. They're my buddies, but I don't you know, they don't live inside the farm. But yeah, we live close to the land. You know, we take walks every day and we're out under the great sky and we see rainbows all the time and the stars are magnificent and we do our best to get into the ocean as often as possible. I'm not close to really close to the ocean, but um but I try to get there as often as I can. And it's so important for me to remember that this is a living, breathing, growing entity this this sense of sentient being here of living on an island that is completely reinventing itself all the time is a great metaphor for me as a creator also absolutely yeah. yeah so i love it i love it as much as i can dance on the land i'm happy you know also we just spend a lot of time dancing here and listening to music and it's it's a glorious world here yeah really grateful do you think that you moved because you just wanted a different living experience or do you think the island was calling you or it was part of your spiritual growth path you know are you trying to out me in terms of my behavior yes I I was called I was definitely called yes I you know it's so funny Krista that you say that because so few people know that I really really had a clear message that it was time for us to come here to Hawaii that there was work to be done and there was work to be done specifically from this island. So, you know, again, the creator metaphor is alive and working and working diligently on Jane Sibbett these days. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah. It's it's a very magical place. Every island has their own special energy and this one definitely. As someone said to me, you'll know, you'll know the big islands are Pele, the the goddess of our island. chew you up and and kick you out if you're not supposed to be here and you know what was fascinating about that too Christy is that I had mentioned that to somebody recently um, a woman who is deeply involved with the Kilo Theater Hawaiian and she said you know what Jane that's not true Pele's loving that's like the the patriarchal distortion of Christianity the same thing Uh. she is so loving and so nurturing she's the ultimate mother yes there's times when we have to speak strongly to our children to keep them in line but she said she's loving she's all loving and I was like thank you I finally found someone who speaks my language it makes much more sense because we can perpetuate these fearful places you know you must do this or you will be chewed up and you know spit out <laughs> or you can just learn to love the aloha 
<laughs> exactly. I, I do think that in 2013, something is breaking up with this idea of superstition. And, you know, I find little things that I say to myself in my head that make no sense now. Like, I just didn't notice. I've probably been saying these weird things forever, and they're just superstitious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah they're not, you know... They're just meant to incite fear, not to, you know, let a person expand and be who they are. It's good, yeah. it's good to be reminded of that. There, there's actually um, newly friends with a woman, Sylvia West, who is a terrific shaman, and she's traveling around with the Four Winds um, Society right now. And she is a wealth of information and, and gentle reminders about watching our words because they are so powerful these days to really, really speak from a place of love and, and to get rid of all those fearful things because we'll magnetize those to us, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but the magnification of great things mm-hmm. is just happening so much faster now. So let's talk a little bit more about the spirituality piece. And I think you've sort of made your way to Mount Shasta and have friends up there. And what other spiritual hotspots have you have you found talking to you? Mm, well, I lived in Topanga on a very magical mountain. Um, also, Topanga is a, is a quite a quite a special place for those in the know. Um, it's really, really spectacular for for getting quiet and getting real. And um, I spent ten years on a mountain in Topanga. That's where our, our ranch was. Trust Ranch is still there, and the woman who owns the ranch now, is actually also doing all sorts of wonderful things there for the community. That's one of the magical spots that I've been to. Um, I've had the pleasure of going to a beautiful shrine in Japan. Um, Obviously, I've been in Zagreb. It's not that I... You know, it was interesting having that conversation with Brasso about, well, would you want to... We wanted to do a spiritual tour with him, go to all the spiritual hotspots. And he said, Mm -hmm. you know, he said, "It's, it's lovely that you want that. And, but it's the people that are imbuing these with a special um, spiritual energy these days. But what it's most important is that you remember what's inside of you at each place you go to. So you could have, you can make. Uh, let me just pick something out of the hat. Alameda, California, which is where I was raised. It could, that could be the most. That could be the most magical place on the planet, because you carry the energy there. Or you know, I don't. I, I'm so so careful of like mentioning. Let's, see, let's go to. Well, I'll go all the way to Oakland, California. <laughs> you know, that's the yeah. most magical place because I also spend time. You know, it's wherever you spend time where your heart is full, that's the, that is a power spot in his mind. And, you know, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I like the idea of, yes, we know that certain vortices are out there that create a special spin, but it's also about what we bring to it. And so, you know, New York City just. I don't know. It's magical, and I just feel like I'm on fire the entire time. Yeah, no, New York City is definitely, there's a very, very special energy in New York City. Las Vegas, also. Yeah. Incredibly, surprisingly, shockingly, very, very deeply connected to something greater. And one of the reasons why, you know, we also went there for the Bratzo Tour is because it was, he felt so strangely good there. And it definitely wasn't about the pole dancers, although they're, they're nice, but, um, it was about it was about the special energy that's in the land there too, and the people and this place of of feeling like you can create anything. You know, the whole world can be miraculous in the in, in an instant in Las Vegas. So there's a lot of great great spots out there. 
Yeah. The work continues on in new ways, doesn't it now? Yeah, I think so. And you were working with Brazzo being a producer and I guess a director of the events uh, for a couple years. Yeah, for th- yeah, for well, three years I've been taking them on the road, and um, and then the live streaming the last two years. I'm still, I'm still producing the Brazzo TV dot com live streaming, along with Carl and the Absolute Live production team, and um, and now creating other kinds of events too. I have a, another retreat coming up here in April here on the Big Island with Megan MacArthur and. Heather Fleming. Do you know Heather Fleming? Have you met her yet? I have not. She's a wonderful nutritionist who has a a great book um, called Have It All. And so she's coming out to work with Megan and me and the the women. It's a a retreat for women here on the island. You know, there's just, there's a lot to do. And I'm so excited by all, like I said, all these new projects that are coming forward. I have, you know, new TV projects and new films. And I'm still working on, Carl's working on the last um, the the latest Bratzo film right now, so editing that as well about the live streaming. So lots of exciting things. Yeah, I guess in the world of no limits, um, it's just you just got to clone yourself a couple times. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that would be really handy right now because I'm I'm definitely. I'm definitely having to choose which projects I can work on. I've, I've got this webisode uh, series that I've, I've committed to and I've already started shooting and it's so much fun. It's like, okay, I just need, no, just 20 more of these right now so I can get do all of these at the same time. So maybe I need to expand my team rather than clone myself. Wouldn't that be better? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you come over here and help me, Christy? Yeah, I think I... I- I think we might have a crew <laughs> over here that could end up. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I guess there is something happening. I mean, something definitely happened in December, whether it was December 12th or the 21st or, you know, the 26th. There was just so many sort of astrological and um, spiritual activities and so many people on the planet meditation. And then Brazzo was doing his healing work. <laughs> You know, so many things are going on in December, but I feel like that's almost never stopped. And now as, you know, humans around the globe, it doesn't matter what you're into. It's like everybody has four or five projects that are, that are, you know. That are greenlit. That are greenlit. And, you know, as a human, you're like, okay, I'll just do it. Yeah, I I definitely had that conversation with myself uh, (laughs) the other day thinking, okay, Hold on, I've got some excellent role models here. You know, Tony Thomas and Whit Thomas. They had, they had six shows on when we were doing Herman's Head. I, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> we can handle more as long as I continue to offer the quality. That's what I want to do. You know, I don't want to get so spread thin that I'm not not there for everybody. Right? Yeah, but I think now we get that choice of of sort of deciding, you know, how how deep we go. You know. What high level quality are we going to express about any one subject? Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. It is an exciting time, most definitely. And, and still, the most exciting thing going on in my life right now is that Violet is my, my youngest daughter, is just blooming into this amazing young woman. She's 12 years old, but she's, you know, she got to the One Billion Rising dance and she jumped in some of the monologues. The women weren't there, so she jumped in and she helped us with our final scene for the closing ceremonies. And it's 
that kind of reminder of the freshness of looking at the world through those kinds of eyes, that I have to remind myself and refilter that there is a greater purpose here. It's not for myself, it's not for my own gratification, but it's for the next generation as well. So hoping that I can inspire others to, to step up for the younger kids as well. There's there's so many. I've been teaching a lot, too, in the schools because I get so much from that and it's helping me create this new show as well. I'm inspired every day by all that we can we can share and learn from our kids as well, right? Yeah. They're just amazing yeah. human beings out there, and they're all under 15. <laughs> Here are our teachers. Meet our teachers. <laughs> they're under 15. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but this project in India sounds really wild. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be terrific. It's not just India; it's going to be everywhere. But that is our next stop, and we've got some just some amazing voices that are emerging. And um, I'm really excited to start telling the stories of these kids around the world. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes, and our kids really are showing us that we need to throw off the shackles now. You know, of all the the Occupy movement and the the way that the youth is really showing us that we have much, much, much more power than we ever thought that we did to affect change, positive change on this planet. Yeah, and it can be easy. Yes. It doesn't need to be violent. No, nope, it doesn't. It can be as easy as having a conversation like this on the radio, right? That's right. <laughs> so I'd love to hear um, you let us know about where folks can find you if somebody wants to work with Wild Aloha Studios, where should they go? Oh, that is such a good thing because I'm in the middle of rebuilding right now. Because I'm so busy with all of my projects, my website is not, my personal website is not up and the Wild Aloha website is not working right now. But if you want to work with me personally, there you can always reach me through Facebook. You can also see the events that are coming up right now that is being over. I, it's like I'm, uh, I've got space at MeganMacArthur.com. There was a Jane's Corner there for a little while just because I haven't had time to do the web. Maybe I should put the call out there. Hello, website helpers. (laughs) (laughs) Calling all website helpers. This would be a good thing to have right now. Christy, Christy, do you have a website? Maybe I can just. Yeah, I do. Okay, so maybe I'll just go over to your website. That's where I'm at right now. That's how fast things are moving. Because my my whole website world has been about BratsoAmerica.com for so long and now that I'm going back to branching out again coming back into the I'm into the get real productions now the new phase the next step right now in in getting real and getting busy Um, and that's what's being built right now so it's definitely in the process not just calling all website builders I actually am in process to make those changes happen you just caught me early (laughs) (laughs) I'm usually a couple of Months early. <laughs> it's good. It's really yeah. You're ahead of the curve. You, you, I'm ahead of the curve. Not all the time, but sometimes. That's a good place to be. Yeah. What do you think? Surf of the wave. What do you think to be ahead of your wave? What do you see ahead of the wave here for all of us to collaborate together? Well, I think there's definitely room for more collaborations, and I think. I've spent a lot of time personally freaking myself out that I'm never going to get it all done. And now in my old age, I've gotten all this stuff done. So what was my problem again? I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know where the fear came from. So I think right now, especially, you know, March 2013, going into April, I think we want to look at 
those thoughts that we just repeat in our heads and not really realizing that none of it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm part, telling myself that. Especially the part where you say you're old age, because I know you're not that old. <laughs> That's one thing. And so we'll, we'll work on that one. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, it's that Abrahamism that I think that's, that's stuck with me. That's, that's maybe sometimes I make a stumbling block for myself. Well, you'll never get it done. You'll never get it right. I'm like, what do you mean? I want to get it done and I want to get it right. But then I have to yeah. add that next part. It's the, yeah, because you're always recreating and you're always going to be creating something new. And there's always yeah. a, you know, uh, there was a, a post the other day. What was it about? The only people that are bored are the boring, or the only people that are 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 you know because you have how can you not find something wonderful to do in each and every moment? There is an infinite variety of things for us to choose from right now. Yeah, and I, I agree. It's just we have this access to feel good now. Where I don't know what was happening 20 years ago, but I didn't feel as good as I feel right now. You were just being born, probably then. I think. Right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that no, I was watching Herman's Head, and then I was watching Friends, and then. <laughs> well, I don't think you're old enough to watch Herman's Head 20 years ago, Christy. I think that. Yes, totally, <laughs> totally. But I can't say my name. Oh, 21 Jump Street. Yeah, that was my first screen kiss. Johnny Depp. So I hear. Yes, that was a nice one. And ironically, my best friend works for is heads his production company, which is pretty cool. So Johnny Depp's still in my world. That's good. <laughs> I think that's a good, I, you know, I'd want to pirate all my crew. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so thanks so much, Jane, for sharing your insights and letting folks at SFN Media Group know what you're up to. And this show is High Frequency, and I'm your host, Christy Walsh. And you can always find Jane Sibbett on Facebook. <laughs>